Great. So my name's Simon. I'm the associate pastor uh, here of the church, head up uh, Rowley as well, uh, which, is, which is great. It's great to be here this morning, though. And I don't really need to say a lot because you've heard the gospel already um, with these guys' stories. And the gospel is simply that if you don't know that, that Jesus transforms lives. Say amen if you want to. He, he does that, and you've heard that this morning. But this morning, I do want to address the elephant in the room. There's seven people getting baptized, which is fantastic. But Christmas is just around the corner. This time next weekend, we'll be preparing um, busily for that. And I believe that God wants to give us um, a perfect gift. And you heard Liz's story, 40 years being an atheist, but as a result of being open-minded, she's now received the perfect gift. Kerry and Wayne, just right at the beginning of their faith, they've received something perfect. Hannah, you know, her life may have been okay before, it's fine, but now she says it's even better, which is perfect. You know, this time of year, I believe we all want to give and receive the perfect gift, but I want to suggest that there's something better. You know, I love Christmas, but as a pastor, I also know it's one of the most difficult times of year for some people. Everything seems to be highlighted at Christmas. You also have the added pressure of media, TV, and radio adverts. You know, on the radio just this week, I heard four adverts back-to-back telling me what I needed for the perfect Christmas. Like I say, I'm sure we all want the perfect Christmas. We want to give and receive the perfect gift. Well, look no further because I want to help you with those four adverts that I heard this week. The first one was for Very. I don't know if you've heard of Very. I just want to say that like, APR is very expensive. Don't go there. But they say they have everything you need to give the perfect gift to a loved one. The next advert straight after that was from a perfume shop. They say that they have the perfect smell your loved one needs. So if your loved one is smelly, you might want to visit the perfume shop. Then it was B&Q. And they said they have the perfect Christmas tree to make your Christmas perfect. A tree? Really? But the last one, the last one I did like, to be fair, it said if you can't find the perfect gift for your loved one this year, there is always (laughs) Coca-Cola. So I've brought a crate of Coca-Cola, and I'm not buying anybody anything. You know, we're sold a lie, aren't we, at Christmas time, that we can buy the perfect gift, and it will change everything. What if things were different, though? As these seven guys have shared this morning, what if there was a perfect gift for everyone? And I want to suggest this morning that Jesus is the perfect gift. You know, and even as Christians, we want to give the perfect gift um, to people. And there's this true story, a family, they were expecting a child. And the child was born on Christmas Day, and they're very religious. The little brother, the other son, was four years old at this time, and he missed out on Christmas altogether. The baby was born on Christmas Day. It was a son, but they didn't call him Jesus. They did later give thanks, though, for the son, and the little boy wrote a letter. He said, Dear God, thank you for my baby brother, but what I really wanted was a puppy. (laughs) I don't know about you, but we all love Christmas. 
And I love it because I get to act like a, a child again. I get lost in the wonder, in the excitement, in the surprise of it all. You know, I still wake up in anticipation on Christmas morning, wondering what presents I'm going to get, even though I've bought every one of them myself and my wife's wrapped them up. I love Christmas because I have four daughters. Please pray for me. Four daughters. My youngest is Evie. She's just turned two, and and Carla's just turned eight, too, within a week apart of each other. And I, I love Christmas because I get to see it through their eyes again. You know, as they pass houses that are decorated, as they see Santa in shopping centers, as they see presents under the tree, it's amazing to see their faces light up with the wonder of it all. I love Christmas because you don't have to diet. Nobody diets at Christmas. And before you say it, I don't diet at all. I did come across this though this week and I thought it was funny and possibly true. See what you think. A recent study has found that women who carry a little extra weight live longer than the men who mention it. Very true. I love Christmas. I love Christmas because it's a time of year when everyone comes together, families reunite. We make a a special effort, don't we, to see loved ones and close friends that are important to us. I love Christmas because maybe, just maybe for a short period of time, the focus is taken off ourselves. We become less selfish and we look beyond ourselves. And it's here. I want to thank you um, just for the, 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 the things that you, if you came last week, for, for, for the donations that were given to the Christmas lunch project. You know, they were blown away with the donations of money and food that was given. You guys did incredible. We've partnered with eight local fo- schools to, to families that are really struggling and, and desperately in need. We've also partnered with a, a women's refuge centre, again, with lots of children who, who, who wouldn't have received much um, uh, this Christmas. And in our devotions on Wednesday, we heard of a, a family, which is really sad. The mother um, committed suicide just a, a couple of weeks ago, left her husband and three young children. And we're working with that family. And the, the dad contacted us to say thank you. You know, he was blown away that someone else was thinking of him at this time. He's going to receive a, a hamper at Christmas. So thank you for everything you've done there. And that's just one of the stories, you know, of, of one family that are going to receive a, a hamper this Christmas time. I just want to say that we are delivering those hampers to those families on Saturday this Saturday, December the 22nd, from 1 p.m. till about 4 p.m. You know, if you can spend any time, maybe an hour maximum of your time, to deliver a hamper to a family, we have their addresses. We're delivering them because it's a frozen turkey, fresh vegetables, everything they need to cook a Christmas dinner. There's a a sign-up sheet in the connection point, and I'd love you, you know, to get involved. Myself and my wife uh, and Cara and Evie are doing it separately. You know, we've got two cars because I I want them to know it's not just about what we receive, is it? It's about what we give as well. And we always need to look beyond ourselves. And Andy said earlier, Leon, our lead pastor, he's currently in Albania at the moment. And he's taken half of the Christmas production money, £1,500 to the church uh, there in Albania that we partner with who provide a feeding program every day 
to the most uh, vulnerable um, in their area. So thank you uh, again. You know, I love Christmas because of the games that are played, the food that is eaten, the festive programs on TV, even sitting down together as a family to watch the Queen's speech. But the real reason, the main reason I love Christmas, obviously, is because of Christ. You know, Christmas without Christ is nothing. It's just another day. But with Christ, Christmas with Christ echoes in a new day. You see, it's at Christmas we hear the incredible story of a baby born in Bethlehem, Bethlehem and the appearance of angels in the night sky. But this story isn't just for Christmas, though. It's for life. It's for your life. And you may have heard that somewhere before. What is this story I'm talking about? Well, I'm sure every one of you have heard it or acted it out as a child. You're probably scarred by it. Who remembers having a tea towel and a sack put over you as you've played out a character in the nativity scene? You know, I still remember mine as a child. I got to play Joseph. And actually, I'm more proud about that now because that's a, that's a good role, isn't it? Today, though, the nativity story, it seems to have got a lot more interesting and complicated. With children now dressing up as Cheetahs, owls, elephants, and mermaids. When did that happen? And in the nativity play, there's a, a little boy who's, who's got a major line in his school nativity. He's rehearsed it. He's learned it. He's got it off to a T. The line is, I am the light of the world. And it was a reference to something Jesus had said. And when it comes to the performance, his mom is sitting on the front row and she sees her son lose all colour in his face. Stage fright has set in. There's a, a blank look on his face. And when it comes to deliver the line, there's a pause. He'd obviously forgotten his line, but it's okay because his mom is sitting on the front row and she whispers the words, I am the light of the world. And with that, a smile comes back on the boy's face and he confidently bellows out, my mom is the light of the world. <laughs> you know, it's a story that we may all have heard as a child. And like other stories we hear as children, we can put it down to myth or legend. It's a story that is told once a year at Christmas time and then soon forgotten about quickly. But unlike other stories, that have a natural ending. This one doesn't. You see, this is just the start for these guys too of an incredible story that continues. It's a story where you get to play a major part in it. Yes, there was a baby born in a manger to Mary and Joseph. His name was Jesus. Shepherds and wise men did visit him and give him gifts, but there's no end to this story. It's just the beginning. Jesus went on to grow up into a young boy, a young adult, and then a man. And it's here as a man he changed history and the world as we know it today because of his teachings. Jesus came to reach the outcasts, the unloved in society, the ones who felt unworthy. He came to love them. He came to give them a second chance. He came to give them a hope and a future as you've heard from these guys this morning. 
And I don't know where you're at sitting in the room this morning, whether your life is plain sailing or whether you are heartbeat away from a breakdown, whether you've had enough and you're ready to chuck the towel in. See, Christmas often brings the best or the worst out in us. But the good news is that Jesus came just for you and you and you. He laid down his life so that you could have a good life. And it's at Christmas time. We're reminded of this because this is when it started. We celebrate Christmas because of Christ. You know, Santa's great, but he's not really. I'll let you fill in the blank this morning. But he's not the answer to life's biggest questions though, is he? Santa does, does get a lot of letters this time of yellow. And he got one letter that reads like this. Dear Santa, there are three boys that live in our house. There is Jeffrey, age two. There is David, age four. And there is Norman, age seven. Jeffrey is good some of the time. And David is good some of the time. But Norman, Norman's good all of the time. P.S. I am Norman. You know, he's obviously angling for something good there, isn't he? And this is something that can creep into our belief system because of Christmas. You know, it can cause you to think that you have to be good to receive something good. But this really isn't the case. And it's why God didn't give us Christmas. He gave us Christ. You see, it's not about being good, but all about being loved. The most famous verse in the Bible, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. If you're in the world today, he loves you. You see, you don't earn God's love by being good. He freely loves you because it's his nature. And many stay away from church because they don't feel good enough. And you might be thinking that here this morning. And the truth is, you're not. You're not good enough. No one is. And that's exactly why you should be here. You see, I'm sure Norman was lying when he wrote that letter to Santa. You see, no one's good all the time. I'm not. But the good news is, it's not about being good enough. It's about being loved enough. God so loved the world. He's talking about you. You're so loved that Jesus came just for you and just for me. And that's the real reason I love Christmas. I love Christmas because love, real love came down to find me. Real love came down to rescue all people. I have no idea what you're going to receive just after next week, whether you get the perfect Christmas present or not. But God gave us the perfect gift in Christ. And he is yours to accept any year, any time of year. Hebrews 2 and verse 14, a passage in a new part of the New Testament, the second part of the Bible, it reads this. He came to this world not merely to be like us. He came to be us fully in every way. In this marvelous way, he came to bring about a rescue in person, one that only he could do. He came to give you a perfect gift, the gift of himself. And this is the gift that keeps on giving. 
Because in him, you'll find peace, hope, purpose, love, joy, patience, gentleness, and life. The real meaning to your life. You know, at this church, we would love to help you discover more about the present that God offers us, offers you. And we run something called Alpha, and we have a launch evening in January. You've heard it already, January the 14th, um, and it's here in our Hale Zoen Auditorium. You can sign up today, um, take your phones out, text the number 60777. Um, it's one evening, that's all you're committed to. Uh, like Liz said, she tried many, but it's one evening, live entertainment, free food, and a short talk. I get the privilege of leading Alpha, and it's been an incredible pr pr privilege to journey with these guys. You know, it was Christmas time, 2004, that my life fell apart. Obviously, not just the result of Christmas time, but way back before then, stuff had happened. And I found myself at Christmas time waking up in a prison cell because of doing something wrong, all the alcohol and drugs. And then later, having to serve seven and a half months in prison. But I met Jesus, and he has transformed my life. And on that Monday night, you'll hear my story. So I would love you, I would love to invite you to Alpha, to the Taster evening on January the 14th. There are some flyers in our atrium as you go, or you can sign up or text that number, um, 26077. You know, if you had conversations as well with people, if you brought people last weekend, keep talking to them, keep inviting them. That number was on the program. And this morning, you know, as we were praying before we started, I receive all the text messages, all the emails that come through to that number. And a lady this morning at 10 to 9 had emailed to say that she signed up for Alpha. That's incredible, isn't it? A week after our performance, she's thought about it. She's taking it home. So please continue to have those conversations. You never know what will happen. You know, as I finish um, this evening, as we celebrate uh, this morning, as we celebrate in a moment as these guys get baptized, you're going to hear all sorts of things over Christmas. You're going to hear radio adverts, see TV um, um, adverts too, and, and listen to all kinds of songs. But in the songs and the stuff that we hear, I pray that you would hear something deeper.